0: Hi again, listeners, and welcome to another Footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast. I'm Alex Sargent.
1: And I'm Chris Holliday.
0: Chris, today we are talking about adult animation. Yes. um, Or adult animation. Or another way of saying that. So... (laughs) how do you understand the term and how, have you, how, how do you approach it?
1: Okay, so I think the starting point for um, adult animation is... is so Paul Wells writes that the idea that animation is an innocent medium ostensibly for children and largely therefore dismissed in film histories has essentially inhibited... The proper discussion of, of kind of animation in relation to representation, okay. and this is obviously a dominant kind of um, area of animation studies. Animation in relation to childhood and, and children as, an, as a medium for children, and obviously we're interested in what we mean by adultness and qualifying adultness, which is often considered animation's other. It is for children. The other thing it's for is for a, for adults, and so yes. adult adultness is the is the weird other, yes. right?
0: If 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 ana if, if, if adult animation is the subcategory of animation that implies that animation. ...isn't for adults...
1: Yes, uh, it's, it's, it's something in its else... ...in
0: generalised form... Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, so we might begin by thinking about language... Uh, ...so strong language, taboo themes anything that's kind of confrontational maybe heightened vulgarity sexual content playful innuendo and that allows us to make discriminations about uh certain kinds of films certain kinds of text and also certain kinds of filmmakers and animators so ralph bakshi for example is the kind of quintessential adult animated director making a film like fritz the cat in 1975 okay um there are other ways of qualifying this through that lens so Japanese hentai pornography so kind of erotic anime that's available online that often co-ops um, animated characters into sort of sexual positions we might add in digital deepfakes um, that had an early life within within pornography yeah. so these kinds of graphic scenes of, of yeah. sex and ultra-violence right. uh, so, so that would be the that's, adult uh, animation that's adult uh, animation uh, in is the a, same
0: way we have the adult film section uh, in yeah. blockbusters in uh, in old movies now Yes. Um, so, so that kind of Um, rude and crude is a good way of describing it uh, and by the very nature of its subject matter um, excludes the presumed children that can be watching it otherwise the the default um,
1: audience which means that adult animation does by virtue of its otherness something else entirely It crosses
0: a line that makes it for adults only okay so that's one way of thinking about this term um, what 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 else? So
1: um, I guess when I've talked to students about this kind of pushing it beyond rude and crude, um, obviously there are perhaps ethical questions. Um, animation doing things ethically, um, which you know, there's a question of purpose and of audience, but also of of kind of site specific animations. So um, uh, which essentially means okay, so adult animation could be one of maybe half a dozen things. Maybe it is maturity. It's vulgarity, but maybe it's maturity over vulgarity. So it's animation that maybe deals with serious subject matter. So we could be thinking about animated documentary. We could be thinking about A waltz with Bashir, something that maybe works through personal catharsis or trauma. Um, so it could be a an animated documentary. It could be a series of films um, online under the banner Home Truths, which are about domestic violence that are animated. So serious subject matter.
0: So these, are th- these would be films that... Uh, through the, just the sophistication of their ideas, uh, uh, might not be um, aimed at children. Yes. Right.
1: Second um, uh, way we want, might define it would be um, kind of satire or parody. So animation is a form of social criticism, so the way it lampoons popular culture. So uh, a spitting image maybe has an adult register, Simpsons, family guy, less vulgar, more the naughty. So a kind of social criticism element to it, par- parody. So far. right.
0: So we sound like we're kind of we're starting to try and classify it again into all these different subgenres. Yeah, I'm feeling impish because we're recording this at the end of um, a, num- a number of days here at the BAF Conference, yep. and my mind's gone mad, frankly. Um, but um, uh, you know. When we talk about the, the politics of all this, with you know women's cinema, that implies normal cinema isn't for women. The category is used to to both sub to create a subcategory and also to say something about the original. It's a form of distance, but, yeah, 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 yeah. When we talk about um, children's cinema, we do the same thing, right? That implies that cinema in its basic form wouldn't necessarily always be for children, but children's cinema is. Why are we doing this the other way around with animation? um right. it's a good and, and if we do it in a, yeah why are we doing that
1: well we kind of talked about these exclusionary tactics adult animation being part of a process to exclude the child um and so we kind of over theorize and over determine the adultness just simply because historically let's say or the common consensus is that animation has often been for children yes
0: i'd say this latter is true more than the former though because uh, my understanding is that you know there's like animated documentaries from the early age and things like that yeah. so it doesn't work historically no though, it doesn't but the uh, animation was born it was for children and then ralph bakshi came along in 1974 and thought why don't i make it for adults exactly um, this
1: is this is a constant debate that that we me you all of us have had on social media and yeah. and, and conferences and in the that even disney who, who has done a lot to who has been criticized for constraining let's say a very experimental and creative form into this hyper-realist practice and set of representations implies a couple of things one that realism can't be political when it absolutely can secondly that realism is the path of least resistance which it definitely wasn't uh, and that animation wasn't that the animation sort of became for children because of because of Disney when actually even in the, in the kind of 30s and 40s he's talking about his films as for adults as well yes. um, and for families actually so we can try and broaden it out to answer the question of why we are doing it the other way around and people have approached it in relation to, to kind of genre so thinking about comedy and humour so are, are we just maybe when we talk about adult animation we think about registers of comedy um, so there are films that are not funny like Beowulf the 2007 Zemeckis film right. so that's an adult film um, but it's not adult but hey Batman the Animated Series is a serious animated series that is kind of so, so you can kind of connect adultness to, to genre style. I think is something that is clearly mm. when we talk about Disney co opting the form of animation into uh, a hyper realist style. Mm we're sort of making assumptions that hyper-realist style is kind of making things for children. So uh, adult could be relating to kind of less realist, experimental stuff, more grotesque, avant-garde. But it also could be like Red and and Stimpy where the characters are a little bit kind of loose. And um, the last one, the last category is is perhaps one that helps clarify some of these things, which is about animation's relationship to exhibition and distribution. So the places where we see it, so museums, art galleries uh i'm really interested in and certainly scholars like malcolm were interested in animated advertising and music videos so the music video very recently a lot of the beatles songs were repurposed with animated music videos um over the last couple of years they 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 could be argued to be adult because they are not people aren't paying to see them at the cinema they are watching them online or um they're not they're not fitting into some of the other categories they're just animating to a song um I'm really interested in it in relation to propaganda and social purpose so a group of films in the 30s and 40s where Disney have got Disney and Warner Brothers have got contracts with the government to make propaganda shorts they are Mm. making shorts about um, uh, the Nazi enemy they are making stories the story of menstruation they are Warner Brothers are creating a character called Private Snafu who is a, a soldier and these films are not being shown at the cinema they're being shown in uh, well they're being shown for soldiers they are kind of educational videos and, and they're about processes of indoctrination um, and um, I guess kind of looking after your tools there are films called Fighting Tools Private Snafu short called Fighting Tools which is like you should really use your Tools correctly, so um, there's a kind of issue of function. Um, people Malcolm have talked has talked about it in relation to kind of useful animation. Um, which so when we think about adult animation, what we need to do is think about circulation of the of text production consumption. Uh, are we looking at libraries, museums, different kinds of professional organisations? Does it have a pedagogical function? Um, is animation being used for science, educational videos in schools for yeah. educational? So adult is something that we kind of start with the start with the knob gags yeah. and the rude and crude and start to, to to sort of democratize it a little bit and think about how adultness seeps into lots and lots of different spaces to maybe flatten the category a little bit but in a in a productive way maybe to not to not I- exclude children but think about how children are being addressed in school through adult animation
0: yeah okay interesting so um it sounds like Uh, sort of anyone interested in writing on this or thinking more about this has a kind of a question to ask of themselves and what their work is doing that's not dissimilar to the kind of work done in things like, you know, the study of the women's film or something like that, which is that, and we kind of play with it. So on the one hand, it feels very tempting To just get rid of this category because it seems like it's embedded with all kinds of assumptions Mm. that we actually would challenge. Yeah. Um. And animation isn't for adults or children; it's for everyone or 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 whoever it's aimed for. Um. So on one level, you kind of want to do away with the category because it seems it's doing things that are a bit pernicious. In the same way that women's cinema is doing things that are a bit pernicious. At the same time, uh, we actually don't get to decide how these terms are used Mm. uh, as scholars. So as much as it is tempting to try to get rid of them and use different words uh actually it might might be better just to see how the words are used yeah and to use that to ask a series of questions about what it what it means to be adult or Mm. what it's saying about the notion of of adulting um yeah it by by examining such categories in all the different ways that you've so productively described very quickly then any kind of go-to intro to um uh adult animation texts or are there just some a few things well that, I, from the various categories you've described i would i would per-
1: perhaps give two um so i think um kirsten thompson and malcolm cook's book on animation and advertising i okay. think is a good way of thinking about the category of useful animation um and the way that advertise histories of animation are kind of the sorry histories of advertising are kind of almost the history of animation because advertise in advertising you see stop motion animation, you see silhouettes, experimental, you see cell animation, all that kind of stuff. So I would say their book on animation and advertising, and then perhaps in relation to in relation to I mean, Carl Cohen's book Forbidden Animation is a really good way of thinking about the sort of rude and crude but how that maybe taps into questions of race as well. Okay. One of the things we haven't really talked about is adult animation in terms of the, the pernicious way that the racial other is represented so maybe Forbidden Animation um, and then Michael S. Shull and David E. Wilt's book Doing Their Bit, Wartime American Animated Short Films, the idea that animation was enlisted into the war effort which is kind of a nice way of thinking about it.
0: Wonderful, thanks for that Chris um, good introduction to a uh, Thorny but important term. So uh so yeah, thanks for that, and we'll see you all next time.
1: Bye. <laughs>